This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport fan network is proudly supported by Mick Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Bez, what do you love? Well, John, it's a new sponsor and I'm loving it. For me, double quarter pound a meal. What are you having? Oh, it's got, got to be the chicken nugget share box. To myself, there's no sharing. But to myself, that goes without saying. But what dip? Oh, barbecue. It's a barbecue dip. Yeah. But where can people get it? So, yeah, where can you get it? You can order via the McDonald's app. Um, It's via participating restaurants only. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. So see McDonald's.com for full details. Welcome to the Ale and Vale podcast. It is Sunday the 19th of February. It's half eight at night and the world feels a better place. And it always feels a better place after three points for the Vale. And we'll get into that. But before we do, just a couple of announcements to make. Um, new Valiant has arrived. Baby Harry Colton. Uncle Jack sent us a message in to tell us that Harry's safely arrived. So massive shout out for the new Valiant on the way. And for James and his wife, Rachel, on the safe arrival of Harry. So congratulations there. And last one, and then we'll get into it. Johnny sent me a message all the way from Germany. Isn't technology fantastic? Um, He's had a message from Mike Hayes. So big shout out to Mike, um, who was running the Manchester Marathon. And he's going to be doing it in his Vail shirt to raise money for the Dougie Mac. So if any other listeners are running, get your Vail shirts on. We're going running the Vail shirts and raise money and awareness for Dougie Mac. So well done there. And I shan't be doing that. Far too far for me. But that's the 16th of April. But on that theme, we're penciled in. So get ready. I just need to speak to Johnny and get everything sorted. The 9th of April, which is Easter Sunday, the Crew 10K. And we're going all running as veil shirts and turn crew black and white. So tonight I'm joined by Steve and Andy. Steve, will you be running in crew in your veil shirt on the 9th? Steve's vanished. Andy, will you be running in your veil shirt on the 9th and crew? Will I, Eck? No. Oh. Steve's just peering at the screen frozen, isn't he now? Oh, well, on he's... mine, his picture's gone. Uh, I think he's, um, yeah. His picture's gone and his mic's muted, so... He'll, uh, he'll, he'll pop back. But absolutely no chance, no. Um, no, I'm, I'm not in any sort of condition to run anywhere. Will um, he be coming to support? Might do. Was it ninth? Did you say Easter Sunday? Um, in crew with avtiming.com, brought to you by Andy Vickerman and the guys. Steve looks like he's returning at the moment. Yeah, why not? I'll we'll pop along. Yeah, Steve, will you be running ninth of April? Unmute yourself before you answer. Not with mine. 
I could drive you a bus. <laughs> you there? Can you hear me now? Yeah, we can hear you. We can hear you. I'm just contemplating. We'll speak about our affair. Oh, no. <laughs> you may have just volunteered yourself for something there. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't mind that. We do... Um, it's the Biddulf um, uh, running club charity race next week at Nightpool, and we always run shuttle buses for that there. So, yeah, I, I don't mind. I'll uh, volunteer one of my boys. <laughs> yeah, you may have to volunteer to run a shuttle bus from Vale Park to Crew on Easter Sunday for people who are signing up on the podcast. I will do that for you. There we go. Live on air. Uh, I don't know how I edit, so it's not going to be edited out. <laughs> no, and my words, my bond. I don't mind that. I will get. Yeah. Um, I'll make a note on this piece of paper here because I'm actually sitting in my office now, so I will do it there. There you go. You can see. You can see. So lads, yesterday the Vale atoned to Exeter on Thursday. I called it. I said we'd win the next two. We're halfway there, and we're on forty points. Which last year forty points got you relegated, but was enough to stay up depending on your goal difference. Fleetwood stayed up on forty. Our goal difference ain't great, so we probably need 41 if last year's anything go by. The world feels a lot safer and it feels a lot better place after that win, doesn't it? Now come to you first, Steve, just because you're not muted and Andy is. Yeah, um, I was saying to you guys earlier, Sarah, my wife, she's got tonsillitis. I was kind of looking, if she'd said to me, will you stay and look after the kids? I'd have been, yeah, Joe can go football and I'll stay and look after Florence, but she's like, you get on my nerves too much, get yourself off veil. And I tried many years ago not to let Vale ruin me weekends or my night. But those last few weeks, they've been up to their old tricks again, you know, like fucking me over. But we came out of the ground, me and my brother, um, Joe. Just a lot, just like you say, the world seems a better place. And we didn't play fantastically well, but we deserved to win. And I think it just showed that the, the games we've lost, we've deserved to lose. But they have been against good sides and I didn't think Exeter was particularly good yesterday. And we find ourselves sitting in 12th, sort of top of the bottom half, which is where we where we all did the um, opening day of the season pod. We all thought that would be a good result for us. So if we finish the season here, I think that's happy days. But we're making a massive difference. Yeah, it does. And like you say, Steve, Andy, we're now 12th on the table, which after the run we've just had, if you said, right, you're in the top half, You'd have thought someone was taking the back, wouldn't you? Yeah, it's it's been a weird few weeks, months, or well, not quite months, but yeah, a weird few weeks. But it feels like I'm a bit clearer now as to where the pecking order is in the division. Exeter are a bit better than the teams at the bottom, but they're not quite as good as the Barnsleys and the Wickhams of this world. So it, it sort of felt like two mid-table teams fighting it out. Both, yeah, I can't can't really be too disappointed with. With with being middle of the road teams in February and considering they've both come up and they both look like they're going to stay up quite comfortably, it's it's. I don't think either will be that disappointed. It's, it's a good bread and bread and butter win for us yesterday. I thought you know um, we haven't had a Saturday home win like that for about three months now since November Charlton or something. So it just felt like the sort of a good Saturday that we haven't had in a good while. It just felt like one of those really. Yeah, and definitely. 40 points psychological barrier almost now. It's just like we're in the home straight is for, for staying up. I know last year was a bit of an outlier. It was a very low um, bar for, for staying up. But you, you, you doesn't look like it's going to be a particularly high bar this year either. 
Yeah, agree with you. I don't think it's going to be 50. I think it'll be less than 50. Now, as you say, we're pretty much there for me now. Yeah, I reckon another win and a a draw would probably do for us. We're also, I've got a league table from my other computer, we're the the highest-placed team of the promoted teams. We're all on, you know, we've got 40 points, Exeter 39, Bristol Rovers 38. So, you know, they're all the promoted teams with one notable exception, obviously Forest Green, all look like we're going to stay up. So when you put it like that, we've been on this bad run and people have been calling for all sorts of daft things. We're still we're still doing okay and we were always going to go on a run in the season, as most teams do, when we didn't win many games. I think the, the stuff you, you lot have talked about before and I've not been on, the recruitment strikers and stuff like that, has sort of magnified the perceived issues a bit, but you know, we're sitting pretty good, and we, now we can have a real crack. If we don't lose to Morecambe, then we you know we, you know, like I say, a win and a draw would probably do it for us. Now we're going to going to want to do a lot better than that. Yeah, but we, you know, it's it's there, and we've had a successful season then. Yeah, definitely, definitely. We won't go and get as many points as we can now, and sort of get the momentum going for next season. Let's get to fifty points, because although I don't think you'll need that, it's as you say another psychological barrier. Break the fifty points mark. And then see where you can get. Can you finish top half? And if we finish top half, that's some achievement on the first year up. But and is there something to be said for the vegans about the league? Do you need a bit of meat in your diet? Is that what it is? I see. I'm not. I'm not gonna. We'll get complaints. You know, you're gonna. You're trying to trick me into saying something, aren't you? <laughs> um, I'm, I'm sure you can maintain. Who, who is it? Who, who, there are a couple of ale players who, who managed to keep like a vegan diet, didn't they, while they were. Playing for us was um, Scott Burgess, so I know it's maybe not a great example, but I'm sure they wanted to. Even at Forest Green, there's a couple. JJ Hooper, <laughs> yeah, Sam Kelly. It is, it is possible. I mean, you can works yeah, out well. Jackfruit and, and and all that that seems to be quite the big thing these days, and that. But I don't know what's happened with Forest Green really, because they, they look like they were. Under Rob Edwards, they had a really good structure. They were playing a lot of good football, and it goes to show, doesn't it, that where you finish the season before, if you win the league, it counts for nothing the season after. Yeah, definitely. And if there's any vegans listening, fair play to you. I've got nothing against vegans. Carol's a vegan, isn't she? Is she? I believe so. Yeah. I didn't know that. No, didn't know that. Well, at least she hasn't turned the club vegan. And thanks to one official veil, everyone knows I'm not vegan, so thank you very much. I haven't got a clue who the individual behind it is, but you've done me a kipper, so cheers. <laughs> and Vale have got on the bandwagon and sent the picture out as well, but it's all good fun, I don't mind. And it gave me opportunity to tell everyone I've been for a run today to run off that hot dog. So thanks, unofficial veil, you've done me a kipper there. Appreciate it. So let's get into yesterday's game. Let's have a look at the stats and how it went, and it would help if I got that ready beforehand, but I hadn't because I was reading stuff out. So, yesterday, we were at home to Exeter. We won by a goal to nil. The goal coming from Will Forrester, and we'll get on to him because I thought he was immense. Um, stats, lads, it was. Possession, anyone wants a stab that doesn't know? No, fair enough. 52% day or 48 Exeter. Yeah, if he was going to take a stab, I would have said it wasn't. It wasn't going to be a big swing one way or the other. It was going to be fifty something, forty something. Yeah, yeah, and that's where it is. Total shots: thirteen for the Vale, six for Exeter, of which Vale got five on target. Exeter failed to hit the target at any point. Yeah, big fat zero, wasn't it? 
was Aidan Stone, my lord, had an easy day. Corners five for us, three for them. So pretty comfortable day at the office. And I think it was. I think it was more comfortable than one nil says, wasn't it? Well, <laughs> I was going to say, it didn't feel comfortable for the last half an hour or so. No. We, we, we made it hard work for ourselves, didn't we? Mm. Yeah. I do think a bit of that, though, with them going down to ten men and the run we're on, you just kind of... You want to see it out, don't you? And I think we probably sat in to protect the one nil rather than going for the two. Yeah, I thought we was fairly comfortable till that happened. And then we looked nervy, didn't we? Understandably so, you know, we gave a few corners away. And the run we've been on, the back of your mind, I was always thinking, they're going to get one here. They're, you know, going off Smithy's arse or something. But overall, I thought we were the better side. And before you came on, Andy... The, the two teams from the start of the season, they had eight different start. They're sorted the, from the team that beat us 4 0. They had eight different players starting yesterday for various reasons. So they were, I think they were a lot weaker than they were um, earlier in the season. But no, I think it was, like you say, Andy, it was a good solid 1 0 win if you can get, if such a thing could exist. Yeah, I think also. Had it, had the game, if the sending off happened and we hadn't scored a minute later, it would have set into a pattern where they would have stuck nine men behind the, well, ten men behind the ball with the keeper and, and just dug in. And, and because they went a goal down straight after going the man down, they've had to come out at us. And then what do we do to counter that? Do we, do we try and press the ten men, kill the game off? Or, and I think maybe we were just a little bit, hesitant a bit cautious about stepping out and, and being the being the guy who who leaves the space for, for the equaliser. So yeah, it's it's there's a lot of factors playing into the way the game played out for the last half an hour or so, weren't weren't there? Yeah, yeah. I I agree all the things that you said. It was crucial that we scored quickly after they went down to ten men because everything you say would have happened. A lot of shitterousery, a lot of rolling around Everybody behind the ball, the crowd gets frustrated, the players get frustrated. It could have been a real sort of um, damp squid and a sort of very like kicking the seat in front of your type of afternoon, couldn't it? But we got the goal, and that sort of changed it. Then and they had to come out; they had to come out a bit, and it was better for us then. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And you can't get much quicker than a minute after the sending off, get a goal. And we'll get on to that. We'll get on to the place. We'll start with ref watch. Um, luckily, you won't hear shit or bugger in this because I thought the ref did OK. Yeah, a couple of mistakes, but over 90 minutes, players make mistakes, refs make mistakes. <coughs> Nothing major. Um, the red card, I thought he was actually really strong there because had that red card been for us, I think we'd all be saying it was soft. And I can totally understand an exit viewpoint if they're saying it's soft. But letter of the Lord is he a la card. He's pulled Garrity back. And it's a yellow card. Now, because it's on the halfway line, they've got a few men back. Some refs, knowing he's on a yellow, wouldn't have booked him. Another ref, had it been his first yellow, it's a definite booking. But if it's good enough for your first yellow, it's good enough for your second. And I thought the ref was strong there, really good. Overall, I thought his foul recognition, he let it flow when he could. And when he couldn't, he didn't. One bizarre one, he played advantage. I think he played advantage to us at one point. But the lad that was being fouled was having his shirt pulled. And as he was having his shirt pulled, he played the ball and the ref played advantage. But the ball went out of play. Yeah, he did. I remember that. Now, for me, as a referee, 
we haven't gained an advantage there because, and it, to be fair, if you listen back to the last pod, it's a cut and paste. If the lads release the ball under no pressure and he's over at it, the ref goes, not my fault, you can't pass a ball. Whereas, to me, our lad never really got the pass away without pressure on him. And I think it was petty. To me, he was being pulled in that as he released the pass. So the fact that the pass doesn't get there, you pull that back and say it's no clear advantage. That's my view of it. I think he should have given the free kick. The one negative from the officials was the 82-year-old on the line in front of the paddock. Absolutely horrendous. To be honest, there is a set retirement age for refing in the Premier. I'm guessing there is in the Football League as well. And you'd have thought there is for linesmen. But he was atrocious. Absolutely atrocious. For both sides. It's not me going, oh, it was awful for us. The one where Aidan Stone come out and got clattered. Their lad was a good two yards offside. And I'm probably being generous saying only two yards. It was clear off because I was banging line with it. And the line I couldn't keep up. And in the first half, I think Massey was offside on one. And he was a good one, two yards offside. And he couldn't keep up and didn't flag. But I'm not knocking the ref down for that. Because the ref doesn't pick his lines when he can't control that. He's got go with his linesmen, especially when they're not club linesmen. Although I think a club's linesman would have been better. They could have got one of the subs. Perhaps Conlon could have ran the line like a Sunday morning. But overall, for the ref, I'll give him 7 out of 10. I thought he did okay. Any comments on the ref, lads, or do you want to get straight into the players? I'll just quickly say about the sending off, um, their player had a good handful of Ben Garrity's shirt, and I think that swings it, really, because the ref's got the similar viewers I had from the railway stand side of the ground. And, and when, when you when you wrong side, when Ben Garrity's got away from you and you've got a handful of shirt and he's a promising attack, then then it's a it's a yellow card, isn't it? And yeah. it doesn't look it looks soft from the camera point of view and I think it looked a lot more of a nailed on yellow card with a naked eye. I think Steve said that before we went live. So yeah, it's it's just one of those, really. I think we deserved a stroke of luck after what happened at their place with the the penalty decision early yes. in the season. Definitely. Talking about penalty decision, the one thing I didn't talk about is, Steve, you'd have got a different view to this from us from Lawn Street. The one where Matty Taylor got tripped in the box? Didn't think it was a penalty at the time. Didn't think it was a penalty now. I haven't I think, seen it back. I think he went sliding in, but I don't think he got it. I think he just fell. I don't think he dived. I think he just lost his footing. It was... It was, it was one of them. All I'd go back to the sending off, half of the lad who got it was a very silly thing to do. It was a yellow, yellow card. When, you know, Garrity's not going through on goal, we're pretty much in the centre circle. He is risking, taking a big risk doing that there, especially when he'd been booked, but yeah. I'd, they had a big shout for a penalty as well, didn't they? When, in the second half, I'm sure there's one where you, you're thinking he's either got to give the pen or boot their lad. Yeah. yeah never a pen for me. I think he got that right. Like you say, could you boot the lad? Or is it one of them where, this is a ref, to book a play, you've got to be 100% sure he dives? Now, just because there's contact doesn't make it a penalty, because there's contact, but it doesn't mean he's dived either. If there's contact, you're not going to book a player for diving. You're just going to say you've gone down too easy, get up. For a dive, there's got to be no contact and he's thrown himself to the ground. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 Brilliant. Right. Let's get into what Johnny sent me. Johnny... Is he having a good time in Hamburg, from what we can tell? I don't think he's been sober yet, which is good. Um, but the flight got delayed 24 hours, so he managed to watch the game in Gatwick Airport, I think, or Heathrow Airport, one of them. 
Gatwick Spoons yeah. said, didn't he? Gatwick Spoons, there we are. <laughs> yeah, he so, was um, soliciting um, orders, wasn't he, for his table <laughs> number on that Twitter. Was it. That was it. So, his message before the game, when he saw the lineup, frustrating that we still can't get two strikers on the pitch, but at least options are coming back. If it's Sammy and if it's Sammy and Donnelly on the left, it's concerning due to age and experience or lack of. But overall, best midfield three and needs must everywhere else. So then that's fair. And I don't know what you two thought when I saw the sheet. I thought I really hope Wasser's on the left and Donnelly on the right. Uh, Sammy on the right because I thought he was asking a lot for Sammy and Donnelly to control the left before kick off. I'm more than happy to say can he tumble pie on that one. I thought exactly the same thing. I, I thought that the more experienced man in Wazzy and looking after Donnelly would be better on the left. But well, I know we'll get on to Sammy, but I thought he did really well yesterday. Yes, 100%. I know I give him some stick after Shrewsbury saying his position and he can't defend, etc. And he shoved them words down my throat yesterday. And I'm more than happy that he did because I love the lad. I think he's great. He needed to work on the defensive side, and I'm sure there's still a lot more work to do. You know, one one swallow doesn't make a summer, as they say, but really improved and a great performance from him. And unfortunately for him, someone else was just a bit better than him to get man of the match for me. But yeah, great game, and him and Donnelly, boys become men yesterday. Let's hope he stays like that. And news just coming in, breaking news here. Ryan's just done the ones for you and Amberg. Ryan is the lead singer of all the young who's Johnny's watching. Just the wonder of you. There we go. Right, so let's get into players' ratings. And as I've said to you both, Johnny has sent me his ratings. But how I'm going to do it is I'll come to you both. You talk about the player. And then we'll say what Johnny's rating is to see whether he was on the same lines or different. Because as we said, he watched on a stream and he was probably about four pints in. So, and we all know it is different watching on the tally than in the ground. We have many a debate about how it looks different. So let's start with, I'll go from left to right on my screen. So, Steve, you're on the left, so you can go first. Aidan Stone, my lord. Uh, the fact they didn't have a shot to save um, pretty much means he isn't going to get a very high mark because he can't have But I thought he was a steady six. I thought he did okay. And I was thinking about this as well. I think we'd all like to see Stoney do better than Stevens because he's our keeper. Does that make sense? Because he's not some lone keeper. You know, you always want him to, you know, you always want to, things to go well for him, you know, and you, whether you cut him a bit more slack, I don't know, but you sort of more invested in him. And I, you know, I can't, I can't, you know, give, go backtrack and say I want his stone to be number one for this all season because I didn't, didn't think he was ready. But unless he does something calamitous, I would leave him in now and just, just to see where he goes because I want him to, I want him to do well, you know, whereas Stevens, I'm not so asked about because I know he's going back and he knows he's going back. With Stoney, you feel like, go on in, you can nail down a place and have a go. He's kicking a couple of times, was a bit wayward, but so be it. He's, he's a league one keeper. Like the pitch is terrible. He, to, his positionals, his starting positions were good. There's not a lot else to say apart from that, I don't think. Yeah, but I'd give him six. Yeah, Andy? Yeah, I echo all of that, really. Um Put his body on the line a couple of times. Didn't really have a shot to save, did he? Um, Kicking, apart from the one that was really bad, was 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 decent. Interesting what Clark said in his interview the uh, before the game is that Stone's got a bit of a longer range and he can sort of spear kick it and put the other team under a bit more pressure. Um, 
that way. So um, I'm, I'm happy with him. Um, yeah, leave him in there. I can't can't disagree with anything there. Yeah, and agree with you both on that. And definitely Steve Ainstone's our keeper. I don't think there's anything put between the goalies or very very little. So leave Stone in and let's develop him because I think. Had Stevens really nailed down the spot and gone, I'm a great goalie, yeah, there's a chance we could sign him. Now, I don't think we'd particularly try and sign him. Oh, I wouldn't either. No, I think I wouldn't either. And like you say, Stone's, Stone's got all these things in his locker, the kick and stuff like that. Let's, let's give him a go and yeah. see where, where we end up. Because at the end of the season, if we decide that Stone's not number one material, at least he can say, well, do you know what? I had the last 15 games, whatever it was, to to nail down the spot in a higher league and I hope he succeeds because seems you know he's good with the fans if you get me drift he seems to be a part of the club so yeah I hope it goes well for him yeah definitely and Johnny's comments were stone six couple of iffy kicks but great coming out of his area to clean up and clean up the one in the box which that was the offside one I was on about earlier that the line didn't flag for and yeah he was out quick down made himself big did everything he wanted to go to do and do you know what I give him a seven for that because he had made a mistake. A couple of kicks. I'm going to blame the pitch for because everyone else blames the pitch for everything. So, yeah, Stoney, sick. Yeah, it's not his fault he hasn't had a shot to face all afternoon, is it? First, I think it's his first league clean sheet of the season apart from the three quarters of a game he played at Cambridge. Yeah, yeah, good shout. Right, I'm going to go through the plays in the order that Johnny's list them and then you can't say I've favoured one over the other with who we'll give you. So, Andy, you're next. My man of the match. Right of the back three, Will Forreston. I thought he was absolutely immense yesterday. Yeah, my man of the match as well. Um, just exactly what you, what you wanted, really. He had um, a bit more of a forgiving time yesterday because he wasn't playing against um, Cadden, was he? So, um, yeah, I mean, we're going to caveat probably everything we, we say about the entire back three is that Exeter weren't exactly a great threat in front of goal, were they? they didn't you know? I thought they played through the thirds well, but once they got in, into the final third, they didn't offer a great deal. But I thought Forrester's great strength was um, in transition. You know, he'd, he'd dispossessed players, um, tidy up loose balls, and just bring us straight on the attack immediately. Whether it was just um, moving the ball quickly to someone like Pet or Ojo, or whether it was. Um, making a few bursting runs up the pitch himself. He got on the end of a couple first half and found himself in the penalty area and then popped up and um, really cool finish for the winner. Very happy with um, how it all turned out for him today. You know, he, he's a player who, who looks like he needs a bit of a run in the side, a few games to get himself warmed up and going. And he, you know, after a game and a half, um, after Shrews and Barnsley he, he was working through the gears and he, he, he played well yesterday Yeah, and let's hope he can stay fit for the rest of the season Steve? Yeah, I agree with all that a thousand percent um, I always think Forrester well, he's struggled a bit coming off the bench but he's been coming off, again, off the bench against teams with decent forwards didn't think he was up against a lot yesterday as Andy said but where Forrester is good is he's progressive with the ball. He doesn't just knock it square for the sake of it or hit it down the line. He he picks the right option. And looking forward, he's one, if he's fit, he's one of the players we want to be building the team round. Yeah, definitely. And let's not forget their strike force, yesterday, strike force yesterday, although they didn't have the best of days, was Jay Stanfield, who's a very good player on loan from Fulham. 
and Sam and Sam and I can never say his name and Dombley. Yeah. Front. You know they're two very good strikers at this level. Very good and. Did they have an off day or if our defence had a really good day against them? And what I really liked about Will yesterday is watch the goal back. He starts, he gives it the Massey with a great ball, carries on going, gets in the right area. He says he closes his eyes and hits it, but I'll give him more credit than that. And he defensively was very aggressive in his defending. The amount of times that they were playing the ball to the striker who was waiting for it, and he got in front of the striker, as you mentioned, Andy, met the ball, and then went forward with it. He didn't just stand behind the striker, let him touch, and then like, I'll keep you back to goal. He went and got around the striker, won the ball, and carried on going forward with it. And if you watch Will Forrester, he always wants the ball. He's never shying away, and he's always got his arm up, give me the ball, let me go and do something. Him and Wazza worked really well together, and long may it continue. Fail legend. He steadies himself as well, doesn't he? He doesn't just... I I think he's uh, been a little bit... um, Humble there, isn't he? He, he, he steadies himself and he, he picks his spot. Yeah. Really, really nice, tidy finish. Yeah, it was. It was there are lots of centre halves who are blasting that over the bar, aren't they? Not, yeah. t- not taking a touch and um, hitting, Rose, hitting Rose Ed. Let's be honest, we know plenty of strikes and midfielders that are doing that. <laughs> my centre halves. But even before he scored, me and my dad both said at that point, Will Forrest is on for man of the match here, and that was before he put the ball in. And yeah, Johnny hasn't given man of the match. Was he your man of the match, Steve? He just about, yeah. Yeah. Just his, if he wasn't for his goal, he probably would have been because there was a thought there was one other player who was fantastic, but his goal sort of nudged it over the line for him. But he was excellent. He was excellent. Fair enough. Johnny hasn't gone forward, but he's given him an eight. Forrester eight, good goal and good solid defensive performance. So yeah, sounds. And you're next, Steve, with the old faithful smudgy. Solid smudgy performance. Won his battles. Um, was dealt dealt with their limited physical threat well. I like him in the middle because he you don't he's not exposed to doing. You wouldn't want when we talk about Forrester bringing the ball out and being progressive and playing through the lines. It's not what we've done. We laboured this point maybe, but it's not what Smudge is best at in the centre. Marshall the defence. I thought he was decent. Yeah, Andy. Yeah, I can't add anything. There's another copy and paste job for Smith, isn't it? Just um, does exactly what he says in the tin. Um, very comfortable in the middle of that three. Happy with that. Can't. I won't waste any time adding anything because I can't. Yeah, no, I'm the same. It's typical Nathan Smith. Does exactly as you say what he does on the tin. And solid Smith and Johnny's gone seven. Played really well. That's all Johnny can say. So, yeah, typical Nathan Smith. So, Andy, you got first crack at this. Coming for a bit of stick lately. But I thought played well yesterday, Donnelly. Yeah, he did. And he nearly scored as well. He had a header that was tipped over the bar. Um, again, it's another one where maybe he hasn't been put under pressure to the same extent that he was on Tuesday or, or the other week at Shrews. But against what was in front of him, he, he did well. And I wonder... If having Smith in the middle of the three instead of someone else like Dan Jones has, has settled him down as well, because that's when he when he had his couple of decent games early early on. That was when he looked impressive at Cheltenham, wasn't it? When when Smith was alongside him. So yeah, um, happy enough. Um, I don't know. It's, it's difficult to judge because you don't really know whether it's, it's down to them not really. Putting him under enough pressure, but he, he did what he he did what he did well. Yeah, he did. Steve, 
Yeah, I hadn't thought about him, but I think you made a really good point there. When you've got Smudger alongside him, a pure no-nonsense defender, it will probably be easier for him than Jones, because Jones is prone to, um, you know, he's trying to get a long-raking pass, he's prone to taking more chances. And I think maybe he's, he's, he's not nervous is the wrong word, but he's a bit more wary. When Smudger's there, he knows he's going to head it, he knows he's going to tackle, so he's a good person for him to look across there. If I play like him, I thought that he played well, but they gave him an easy ride. Where he struggled is when he's had a big big physical players up against him and he's looked like a boy in a man's game. He didn't have that yesterday, and I think probably if they had their time over again, they might have tried things differently. But they do, you know, like Wickham, Barnsley, they are more direct, extra and known for football inside. And I think that made it easy for him. But that said, it was probably his second best game for Vale after his debut, would you say? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And like you say, on Tuesday, Norwood kept drifting off to Donnelly because he knew he was the young lad and he's like, I can bully him. They didn't really have... I think, as you say, they got the strikers to do it, but they didn't do it. And yeah, I thought he was solid, did everything they needed to do, and he can only play the team that's in front of him. Yeah. And he played them really well, I thought. And let's remember, he's also got a young lad in front of him, and we'll get on to the other young lad and Robinson. Yeah, before you go is, on, sorry, before you go what? on, that back three looks like now, if they all stay fit, will be in situ for the next few games, doesn't it? With Cass out, Jonesy injured. It might be a chance for them for them to bed in, but we don't want another injury. Yeah, we definitely don't want another injury. Um, considering Johnny's given Forrester eight, Smith seven, he's gone six Donnelly, which I think is a bit harsh. I think Donnelly deserves the same as Smithy. I don't think he was worse than Smithy. Um, so he's gone Donnelly six, needed a steady performance. Distribution still a bit iffy, but better. And there was a couple of times the passing was a bit iffy, but I think it deserves a seven. I think all the back line deserves at least a seven on yesterday. They've had no shots on targets, and I know you defend from the front, but you've got to give the three defenders some credit for not giving them a shot on goal. Yeah, considering how poor he's paid in the last few games, I yeah. think I think that he deserves a bit of a higher mark for showing a bit of mental fortitude. But yeah, he was good. He was good, and hopefully it will give him this chance to um, spin on a bit. I think it will not depend on how t- whether teams try and isolate him, whether they get the cleverer players like Norwood and the big strong lads up against him and try and bully him. They didn't do that yesterday. And obviously he's yeah. a footballer, isn't he? So it helped him yeah, out. Definitely. Steve, you're next. And in the order that Johnny's wrote him, you've got Wazzy. Yeah, that was a good David Worrell performance. I sometimes worry that, that 34 or whatever he is, if he is our most potent threat has something is something not quite right because but it was a it was a textbook world performance up and down some decent deliveries some not so decent but him and Forrester worked worked well together and he had a hand in the goal. I just it was a good David Royal performance, the type of performance we've seen probably over a hundred times for us now and his his fitness is holding up. He's played a lot of games at the moment, probably more than Clark would want him to, but he is still one of our most potent threats. Yeah. Andy? Yeah, I thought he's good stamina as well. I thought he uh, did a really good shift yeah. yesterday. Um, he was still going quite well. Did he, he did the full 90, didn't he? Yeah. I think so, yeah, that, that's um, very decent. He was up against a decent left, uh, left wing back as well in uh, Caprice. I thought he kept him quiet. Caprice started the game well, but then sort of fizzled out. He, a couple of times when he just sort of read things, first as the odd little loose 
passed by them, uh, and he just just kept going and going. He looks like he's he's in a good place with his fitness at the moment, and um, it's it's really important that we've we've got him fit and, and still going. And, and I don't know what we do on um, what we do on Tuesday now. Um, do we manage his minutes? But I don't think there's necessarily a great load of choice for who we could um, rest him for. So he probably has to go again, doesn't he? Yeah, I think so. And the fact. This is the last Tuesday game now. We're free next Tuesday. Yeah, go again. And then Bolton Saturday, which, that's a biggie. But yeah, Waddle, Johnny's got him as a seven, up and down as usual. And I think that's fair. Typical Dave Waddle, as you say. A couple of times he read the passes well. Got him before there, like, and got us on the front foot. And one mate continues like the energy eyes are in, so he just keeps going. And let's hope he keeps going for another ten years, although that's very unlikely. But the longer he can go, the better. Andy, you're next, and now Johnny's gone different to what I'd normally do, because I'd normally go both wing-backs. But he's gone straight into the midfield, and he's put Garrity next. So you Garrity, got Garrity, that's Andy. bold. Continental. Um, <laughs> Continental formation. <laughs> yes. I I liked Garrity yesterday. He was on my shortlist for, for Man of the Match, just mainly down to work rate. Uh, I think he was, um, even when a lot of the players had, dropped off, particularly after we'd scored. He was the one that was leading whatever sort of mini-press we were doing. He was trying to get around um, their defence and, and charge him down. He, he put a hell of a shift in in terms of um, the ground he covered. It's a lot of a much different game to what he had to um, deal with on uh, on Tuesday against Barnsley. And I think, I think the balance of the midfield was right, and I think that played into his strengths, really. I think him... And, and Ojo pretty much resumed the partnership and 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 pet helping as well. I mean, we'll we'll get to those when when we get to those. But it all just looked like a balanced midfield, and yeah, just just happy with what he did. You know, he he um, gets himself, gets his body in areas, draws fouls, drew the yellow card that ended with um, the the red card. Um, I think he's a, just a very good, hard-working player. He may, maybe it wasn't pretty, but he, he, he was effective yesterday. Yeah, Steve? Uh, Garrity was just about my man of the match, and I would go on record <laughs> as saying that he is Rail's most important player at the moment. He never misses games. He's incredibly consistent. He doesn't hide. He doesn't go missing. And he handles our pitch better than most. Because he's an animal, you know, and as Andy said, that midfield yesterday, well, I know we're going to come to, for me, that is our best balanced midfield that we can, that we can put out when everyone's fit. I know there'll be debates on Colin, but those three seem to dovetail better. And Garrity at the head of the, head of the, at the head of it, the furthest forward, it's just good. You know, he's lost a bit of his goal, goal scoring threat from last year, maybe, but we are in a higher league. But I like Ben. I like him a lot, and if he's the one, if you said to me which player will be out of contract in the summer, would you most like to sign for Vale again? It would be him. Yeah, I think all that's fair. Now, he was great again yesterday, and Johnny's comment sums it up. Typical Garrity, and it was typical Garrity performance. Hard working, gritty, got stuck in when he needed to. I think he's really improving on the ball. I do as well. Two years ago, well, start of last season, not quite two years ago. He didn't look as though he was comfortable on the board and didn't look as though he wanted the ball. He looked as though he just wanted to 
run off the ball and maybe get on the end of something in the box or go and tackle. Whereas now, he's come on leaps and bounds on the ball for me. And very... and I think again yesterday he sprayed a 40-yard pass out wide at one point and found his man perfectly. And he's now got that in his locker. So, Johnny's given me seven. Typical Garrity performance, worked hard, got involved in everything. I think second half he joined in a bit more and tried to do a bit more. First half he was maybe just sort of keeping the ball moving, letting others try and do things, just just got the ball, moved it on. Second half he was doing things himself, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, definitely. But front of the three as well, I think it's worth noting he starts that press. Oh, yeah. He gets us pressing them higher. And when you play him in the middle two, as much as I think he's been great in the middle two and... I've said on here a few times, do you want breaking and Ojo up in the middle too? When you're pushing further forward, they can then start the press and we can try and win the ball back higher up the pitch rather than having win it on the edge of our box. And I think he brings you that as well. And great Garrity performance. And yeah, Steve, I can see why you gave him man of the match. Forrester for me, but I can see why you went Garrity. Um, and it's you next, Steve. And you've got Ojo. There's a Funzo Ojo is a good player. He is probably um, of that type of out of him, Pet and Conlon. If you were picking one, he's the one you'd pick. He's just he's just a little bit better than what we had before last season. Everything about him, and I think he's a better player than he gives himself credit for. He's better than just screening and knocking around. And if he's fit, he should be in the team. And he did well yesterday. They're nothing spectacular, but he keeps the game going. Yeah, yeah, and he. Um, I think all the criticisms we had of Ojo in the week after the Barnsley game, he's answered all of them. I thought he was everything that he wasn't the other night. Um, he moved forward with the ball well. He was uh, positive. He picked his passes well. He just seemed to just do everything that maybe he wasn't quite doing on the ball. Off the ball, he was the same as ever. And I think he had that little bit of extra insurance um with 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 Pat alongside him so um yeah happy again um it just i think that that was a big performance by all the midfield three and i think i think we got the the team selection dead right in the in the balance of the midfield dead right yeah with you both johnny's gone for six for ojo which i thought he deserved to seven johnny's gone six sometimes he was great sometimes felt lazy and a bit lethargic and again i think that's where sometimes you can see a different game on tally than in the stadium because I didn't get any feeling of laziness or lethargicness. No, I didn't either. I, I, well, I agree with you more. I don't think I don't think that's particularly fair. I thought he was got about the pitch as well as anybody. Didn't see any signs of that. Yeah, and I don't even know if lethargicness is a word. But if it isn't, it is now. Should be now. Should be now. Lethargy. Lethargy. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Lethargy. And they've all got it in for me. Yeah. Who's next? Who's Andy. Andy, Andy, will you get Tom Pett? All right, yeah. Um, well, um, again, um, taking the midfield three as a whole, I thought excellent, really well balanced, um, really complemented each other. Pet just um, just concentrated on his own game. You know, he just um, tied it up, was where he needed to be, picked up the bits and pieces, loose balls, and just. Um, did a neat and tidy, simple job. Um, very happy with it. Um, seven-ish, if I was given a mark. But um, he, he just did what he needed to do. And um, rolled his sleeves up. And 
Um, I don't know, just, it's one of those underrated Tom Pett-esque performances, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, he definitely gives us that balance in midfield, doesn't he? And he screens the defence really well and comfortable on the ball, tidy on the ball and never gives it away, does he, Steve? No, I ask you both, Pett moves the ball quicker. I don't bring go on about Conlon, but when Pet Pet tries to move the ball a lot quicker than Conlon, Conlon will slow the game down and allow everyone to get back in shape while he's getting his left foot. Pet takes less touches and and tries to get the game going forward quicker, places the lines, and that midfield three was, was decent. And I think we should stick with that if we can. And you know, if Colin is going to get back in the team. He's going to have to. He's going to need a bit of luck. He's going to have to prove that he can alter his game a bit for me. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. That's fair. And that means Steve, you get next. I want to rate enough you both for this one, Sammy Robinson. Right. Okay. I'm going to give Sammy an eight, which is higher than maybe the man of the match. But there's reasons for this. As we said at the start, I thought he would have been better on the right with more on the left. I thought it was asking a lot of a young lad to play in front of another young lad after he's had a couple of stinkers. I thought he was everything that Mal Benning hasn't been recently, if, that's, if that makes any sense. He's defended pretty well. No, that's, but the main difference was when he was getting into the four positions, he looked like there was going to be a decent end product. He put a couple of decent balls over. He was prepared to drive at that his, his opposite number. You know, he lost it a couple of times. He got he's got his swagger. Even in the air, he was better. And I, maybe that's again the type of side Exeter are, which meant he could have played. But I think Sammy Robinson deserves big props for his performance yesterday because of of what, of what I've just said. Basically, you know, on the wrong side, been a bit out of form. And another young lad. He was. He was. He deserves a lot of praise yesterday. Sammy does for me. Yeah, Andy. Yeah, I would have given him a seven. Um, I thought he was a lot better than he has been, and he needed a good performance. Um, he's reined in some of his headless chicken stuff that he's done recently. Um, the big challenge for him now is to put two decent performances back to back. I think um, he, he's been inconsistent. He's had a good game followed by a poor game, and before now, and he just needs to. Um, just just be a consistent uh, player when when he gets in there. Really, um, what I did like was um, when he cut inside on his right foot from the left wing. He's he's got a tremendous uh, swerving cross on him. A couple of times I was looking at it thinking, "Crikey, that's feral whip he's got on on, on a couple of those." Um, one thing that I didn't like was when he got booted. I thought it was a bit clumsy. I think a ref looking to even it up. He, he led with his arm a bit for a header and ended up clattering someone. It just felt a bit... Um, I don't think it was ever a red card, but he felt as though he was a bit clumsy and, and it could have easily <laughs> gone a bit wrong, I thought. Yeah. I, do you know, I don't know if you remember the incident. Yeah, I do, yeah. 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 Would and, you both, sorry, would you, both, would you start him on Tuesday in the same position again? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't think he loses his place. Um, he'd just be managing minutes, really, that would seem drop out of the side. Um, yeah. But on, on merit, he'd, he'd keep his shirt, yeah. Yeah, and I'm with you both. Seven or eight, I thought Sammy was excellent. Whether moving to the left-hand side and playing in front of Donnelly helped him because he had to think about it a bit more. And he was thinking more of, I'm on the wrong side. 
I've got a young lad behind me who's younger than me and got less experience than me. So I need to protect him because, as you say, there was no headless chicken. It was very disciplined. He was back when he needed to be back. He got forward when the opportunity was there. Come close with an effort himself, which I think was a decent effort. Not far wide, the one where they tried to pass it in from the edge of the box. Yeah, yeah. That was a decent effort. As you said, got up well for his headers and jumped a lot higher than I've seen him jump before. He got up really well. And I love the passion near the end where he's winning them tackles in front of the paddock and his fist pumping the crowd and just on a tackle. And you can see what that tackle meant. And he was like, yes, you know, I wanted that. And I'm with you both. I thought, Sammy, after I criticised him after Shrew's win, I did. And I said he needs to learn to defend. He defended excellently. He was very disciplined. Massive plaudits for him because on the back of the Shrewsbury game, that was exactly what he needed. And that's the player that we knows there. And now, as you say, Andy, needs to do it consistently. But if he played like that week in, week out, he won't be at the Vale for long and we'll be making some money. But he's got to carry on doing it now. Um, and I asked you both for a rating because, again, we always say different in the stadium than on the stream. Johnny's view was six. Solid performance. Needs work on his left foot. I think that's a bit harsh. He was, he's arrived, he's a young lad, right? Oh, he's come from City. He's a young lad who's been out of form, playing on the wrong side for him, you know, naturally. I think that's a bit harsh. But, I do. but again, what you can't see on the tally is that when the ball's over on the right, when he's break, breaking the leg, get back and get in position. And, you know, you don't see that unless you're in the stadium, do you? And I do think that's where being in the stadium gives you a different view. So, We've got that there. Um, and then it is Andy next, isn't it? You got Matty Taylor. Oh, good. Um, I I liked him. He, he was a bit of a shithouse, wasn't he? Um, he disrupted and he wound up there. You know, in the first few minutes, he's, um, he's, he's knocking one into the net with his hand. He's um, Luckily, he was offside for that one. Um, he... Uh, chases up um, the keeper sort of half spills a ball and he's right in him he's just getting in the ref's face and the defender's face he's not giving him a moment's but we need someone who's a little bit more um, belligerent and a bit more of a wind up merchant who's who's doing that whereas some of the strikers have been a bit too um, placid a bit too you know just easy going and yeah, I like the look of him. He's got um, he looks like an experienced player at that level who knows what he's doing, and uh, knows how to get his backside in between the the ball and and the defender. It's just all that sort of art of centre forward play, experienced centre forward um, craft, isn't it? And that we've been missing. So um, yeah, good, good, um, good showing yesterday. Yeah, one hundred percent with you, Steve. I'd echo all that and the difference having a proper centre forward made to our team, a fit centre forward, was immeasurable. He's got a bit of dog in him, you know, like the handball. He was a bit unlucky with the free kick he took. Great and free kick. You, I think him and Harrison could be a handful together. You know, he'll, ga- he'll gamble on Ellis's flick-ons. Ellis can do the sort of donkey work and allow Taylor to fli- flick it in, a, flit in and out around him, but think, as Andy said, he knows how to play up front. And that is, you know, the, we've criticised Gavin Massey 
for being crap up there. He's not a centre forward. Matty Taylor is a fit and proper centre forward. And when we get Ellis alongside him or Willow when the two when the um two weeks are over, whatever that might be, you know, he, he will be a real addition to us. And if he stays fit for the rest of the season, I think he he has been worth waiting for. Yeah, with you both, thought he was excellent. As you say, very good at playing with his back to goal, which at centre forward should be, and he knew exactly what to do. And as you were saying, Andy, we've been saying on here for a few weeks now, we're too soft, we're too nice. He isn't. He gets stuck in, and I'm not convinced any of our other players had gone for it, where the ball was at their goalie's legs when he spilled it. But he's got every right to go for it, and they try to kick off about it. He's got every right to go for that ball. Shit, I was putting it in with his hand. And I'll be honest, he must have done it quick, because on the day I didn't tell it was his hand. I thought it was the goalie's hand that had pushed it in, but the flag had gone up for offside. And watching the Football League show, I paused it at the right moment, and you can see it as his hand. So, bit of a shit house there, and as a ref, I don't condone that. But it's nice that we've got someone that isn't just going, have his belly tickled, he's going to get up and growl at him. And that's what he did, and 32 years, good age, good experience, scored goals everywhere he's gone. If he can stay fit between now and the end of the season, he'll bag a few. And we're forgetting Jamie Proctor. I think Proctor could play with him as well. So we've talked about Addison and Willow Proctor as well. So nice to have these options now. Um, We've missed a striker for the last month and a half where we haven't been playing very well, apart from the ones where Proctor has been able to play. But we know he's not 100% fit yet, although he made a difference. And let's not discount that. But Matty Taylor looks just what we need. And he knows Clark. He's best mates with Alice Addison. So I'm sure them two will let it off when they get on the pitch together. Johnny's was a seven for Taylor. Shows what a striker brings to the team. Could have had a penalty. I'd like to see that one back because I think he was. I'd like to see it back. And should have done better with his header in the first half. Yes. That one he should have scored that, that header. Was, was a very, who, t- who, who took the free kick? Was, was it Pet? Yes, I think it, it was, was very, very. It was a clever free, and that's what you got. That's what you got with him from centre forward. He sees the opportunity. He makes the run. In the previous month, no, our, the other lads played up front, you know, when the but, Buttercup and Dennis were disappeared yesterday. But they're not making that run because they're not they're not centre forwards and centre halves. The back three, back if we play, if we play against the back three, you know, like the Barnsley back three, um, the ones before. Proctor's half fit. They've not been really up against those. Those defenders yesterday, the extra back line, knew they had to be alert all the time because Taylor was Taylor was sniffing around. It, it was good to have a proper fit centre forward on the pitch. One who knows what he's doing. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And interested to see how he does between now and the end of the season. And he's out of contract at Oxford. Can we get a twelve, twenty-four month contract on the table for him that suits us and suits him? Because if he carries on playing like that. He's definitely got more, you know, he's got two more seasons in him at this level, hasn't he, you'd say? Yeah. So, and then Steve, last but by no means least, Super Gavin Massey. Yeah, one of Gav's better efforts, and I think he benefited from having a proper centre forward alongside him. He wasn't asked to lead the line per se and um, be something that he isn't. And, uh, you know, I hear people criticise him a lot, and I've been a bit guilty of myself, but as you lot were saying the other night, he's had a tough hand to play, as he played it the best, probably not, but they're shifting around, and I thought he was okay on Saturday. Obviously, if we've got to fit proper centre-forwards, then Matthew's going to have to drop out, and where he'll fit in 
when we're playing 3-5-2. I don't know. But I thought Gavin was all right on Saturday. I thought he was one of his more productive performances of recent weeks. Yeah. Andy? Sorry, I was on mute then. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll echo all of that. I think um, it gave him an opportunity to not be the middle of the three for a change, which I was very happy with because he just can't win a header, can he? He's not really his game. Um, yeah, he, he was able to run the channels, um, got a decent assist for his goal, which is um, exactly where, if you're going to be playing Gavin Massey up front, you want him to be the, the willing runner alongside someone who can... Um, get in those channels and and go wide and and cross the ball in for the midfield runners or whoever it is who, who get rise in the box for those sort of crosses. So, um, yeah, he stuck at it. He'll probably get a bit of a rest now. Might even get the odd game in um, in his preferred position um, now that we've got some uh, proper centre forwards getting fit. So, um, I imagine he'll be relieved that he's stint. As a centre forward, uh, looks like it's near to an end. Yeah, yeah. Not as, not as relieved as we are, but um... well, you say <laughs> yeah. that. In all fairness, I thought that was his best game playing up front for Vale, playing as a striker. I thought because Matty Taylor was the central one, it allowed Massey to drift wide, and that's where he looked more comfortable when he was running the flanks and when he got the ball out wide, and he looked dangerous. I yeah. thought when he got the ball out wide, he looked really dangerous, and he wanted him. And that is his best game, playing as a striker. I think, as you say, it's because he wasn't the focal. He could then go and run in behind. He could do that part of it rather than us lumping it long towards his head and he's smaller when he jumps than when he stands. So, drifting out wide, I thought he was excellent. Yeah, and don't forget, he's been playing up front with Butterworth and in politics. So, he was having to do all of the unpleasant stuff, the backing in, the game for the flick-ons, the charging down... All the stuff that he's not that he's never had to do in his life, probably. And like I said before, I think he's been a bit harshly treated because of because of injuries, and he's been playing in a position where it hasn't allowed him to shine. And he's turned up and done his best. He's not been particularly yeah. good, but um, I do think you need to caveat the fact that everyone's saying Massey's shit. At least let him play in a position that he's accustomed to and comfortable at before we batter him. Yeah, with you. And there's probably been no one been a bigger critic of him than me. And I'm saying yesterday was his best performance as a striker for Vale. And really impressed with his performance. And if he played like that, I've got no quarrels with him starting that. Apart from the fact you've now got Addison coming back, you've got Proctor coming back in Willow's two weeks away. So, apart from that, we've, you know, no problem. I thought he did well. And Andy, you are probably, of all the podcast regulars, the most cunning linguist, I think. If I was reading someone, I'd say someone was eagle-eyed. What would I say if someone's listening? Um, oh god, <laughs> you can put me on the spot now. I have answered, but I can't say eagle eyed because that's wrong. No, eagle eared. Um, eagle eared, do eagles have good ears? Bat eared. They got good ears, haven't they? Bat eared. Well, the blind aren't they? So they do everything by eating. I think Andy's the only one of us who speaks three languages. I think that's fair assessment. <laughs> yeah. Badly. Yeah. Um, um, have you got one for me? I'm, I'm Googling it now. Um, <laughs> well, if you haven't got one, I'll just say the listener's equivalent to eagle-eyed. Yeah. Can I get away with that? Um, a keen ear. A keen ear, let's go with that. So for those with a keen ear, and we're not going to edit out all that bit to get to there because 
I don't know who had it. So those were the key notice that Johnny hasn't given man in the match yet. And that's because he's gone with Gavin Massey. So, watching on the stream, (laughs) he's given Massey an eight, man of the match, part of everything, which I think that is fair. Even from in the ground, when you look back, thinking now, it wasn't the horse for everything we did going forward. First half was top class, second quality. So, when you put it like that, I can see why he's gone there. Like I say, for me, it was well all day long. But I can see why he's gone there. So, Johnny's got Massey, man of the match. There we go. Let's have a quick chat about the subs. I've been as harsh as anyone on Mal Benning. Booze when he come on, that's appalling. Absolutely appalling. Give your head a wobble if you booed. Yeah, I know I see Andy shaking his head there, me and you, Bez, are the same. I see no value in ever booing one of our players when they come on. After a particularly bad performance, if things got to you, you might want to give him a bit of a serve, our frustration. But what good it does you and what you achieve for either yourself or the player, booing someone who's coming onto the pitch to play for our club and we're 1-0 up. It's, you know, it's not for me. No, and don't get me wrong, I wasn't clamouring for Benning to come on. And I think Sammy going down was more tactical, more of a Sammy, you're coming off in a minute, go down and let's waste a minute to two and break the game down a bit. But he come on Benning for experience and let's be fair, when he come on, he wasn't on long because there wasn't one left, but he did what he had to. No one got past him. It will probably do him good a couple of games out of the side as well because yeah. he's been dropped for far less reasons than he's been continued to be picked for recently. He got binned out the side last year when he was playing better than he has been recently, but we haven't got any other options. So it's forced Clark's hand to do this, but for Mal himself, you know, and everyone's in any walk of life, you have a you can sometimes not make your best at work. And that's probably where Mal is, but building him, shit, not for me. Yeah, not for me either. Andy? Um, can't add any more to that. It was very, um, it was a very small minority, but it was just very conspicuous, wasn't it? You could tell it, it, it felt loud just because of the backdrop of, um, the rest of the crowd. And, you know, even the people who've been screaming at Massey all afternoon were, were up in arms like, what are you doing booing a veil player? He's coming on the pit, you know, get behind the lads. So even that lot were, were angry about the booing. There was plenty who were just sort of either stunned, stopped in the tracks, or, or really quite up in arms about it. Um, I, I think, yeah, it, I mean, how many months is it since he uh, scored at Wembley for us? It, Conlon had a few booze when he went off the pitch the other night as well, and it's like, okay, if if you're an absolute you know, one of the worst Vale players in history. If you're from like a player from the Bruno season, you're getting booed. It's maybe a slightly different matter. When when you're from the promotion side and 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 you've got a bit of credit in the bank, and maybe the step up's not quite, you know, not quite happening for you. It still doesn't mean you get booed off after the season you've had last year. No, agree with you both. And then the other subs come on. Addison come on for a little bit. Prop to just see out injury time. Any other subs come on? Can't think of anything. No, I think that's it. Come on, that's it. And yeah, Proc did a nutmeg, didn't he? That in front yes. of the paddock, that yes. was probably one of my favourite moments of the game. It was just absolutely joyous. Yeah, no, dead. He was quality. And last marking of the day, 
Looks like the Port Vale Bob has been in town because Wazer and Benning were looking sharp, weren't they? Both had their ODs lowered. Yeah. So, that's it. Good win for the Vale. Beat Exeter. Have you got yourselves down, Johnny's beforehand? I was in there and I'm told it was a good atmosphere in there after the game, after the win. So, thank you to Johnny's Bar for the sponsorship. Um, yeah. If you gave if you gave Morecambe and you can't get the train, you can't get how would you get there, Bez? Andy PV FC's taxes. <laughs> Give him a call. Get over there. What have you got to tell him? Uh, Bez has <laughs> sent you. Or is that, <laughs> speaking of carpets, where is is Mr Amos um, lying flat face down on one at the moment, or is he? Um... Well, he told us it was going to the pub, so it's highly likely. I mean, to be fair to Tom, he's been cutting down on his drinking, so. Um, He's probably only been in the pub since 12. He had an, he got there an hour earlier, later than normal. Yeah, he, he hasn't drank when he's been asleep for a while, so <laughs> cut down a little bit. So, yeah, very quick, very, very quick, because not a lot to say. We play Morecambe on Tuesday. You two are going, lads? Yeah, we are, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've still got my ticket from the uh, original fixture. Can't get rid of it. It's too late now. Might as well go. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to it as long as you know, as long as the terrace is still open and they're not going to shift us all into the seats, then uh, should be a good night. Um, might be a better time to play in than it was when we had the original game. They've lost a couple now. Yeah, I think I've noticed that, and I think the win on Saturday takes a lot of pressure off this game. You know, because if we lose, if we lost Saturday, then we lose again on Tuesday. But they, they, you know, they had that bit of a bounce, didn't they? They're now, they're now struggling again. We go there. Don't get beaten. I think that's it. Job done. And I can't really see, provided everyone's fit and um, we're not managing minutes, I think I'd probably go on the same side again. Unless, of course, Ellis is fit for 90 minutes or to start the game. And then you could drop Massey out. Yeah, well, their home record, they've won five, drew seven, lost five. That's their home record this season. I think we've been rotating Proctor in and out of the side, and I think maybe we gambled on him to play at Accrington yeah, we did. a couple of weeks ago with the idea that if we won that, we'd be better off. And now we're in a sort of a cycle of him playing Tuesdays and not Saturdays. So maybe he starts on Tuesday night. Alongside Taylor? Or... Yes. Hopefully. Yeah. Exeter's last two games before I ask you both for your predicted lineup. They lost 5 0 to Chef Wednesday on Tuesday, and then they lost 3 0 at the weekend to Peter. So now Morecambe's last, last couple two. of games, yeah. Morecambe's last couple of games, correct. Well, corrected, Andy. So, yeah, um, Andy, you can go first for correcting me. You're 11. Um, yeah, um, I would keep it more or less the same, just I'd probably, if, if Proctor is. Um, due a start I'd play him and Taylor up front um, put Massey on the bench um, I imagine Massey will get a run out at some point uh, Harrison will come off the bench for maybe 20 and apart from that I'd um, try and settle the side down as much as possible yep, with a view to Saturday games yes just Saturday's coming soon uh, yeah, I'd agree, I'd agree entirely with the same team, but alongside Taylor, one of um, either Ellis if he's got it in him, or Proc if he's got it in him, or Massey, or half each for them pair. And as the Tuesday games are coming to an end, it is a really, hopefully it's a good opportunity 
for a bit of consistency in selection and we're not going to be as... We've looked a bit down to bare bones in places and we're still only an injury from a centre-half away from real trouble, I, I think. But, you know, we can hopefully bed this team down, maybe rotate the forwards a bit as and when, but it gives us a chance to have a go for the rest of the season and go back to what we all said at the start, let's give Stone to the end of the season unless he does something Kovlan-esque. You know, let's really let him nail down the number one spot and let and let Jack Stevens see out his loan and, and go back to Oxford because I, I don't see there's anything in it for us now for him just playing game after game after game. Yeah, he's got yeah. with you both. Uh, same back three, Scott. But there's no other. Same wing backs potentially if when the strikers are back fit, Massey can have a look at playing wing back. Yeah, at the moment I think. Was as was, and he's one of the first names on the team sheet. Maybe Massey can have a go at left wing back at some point, but again, Sammy deserves to keep his place. So keep Sammy there, and Sammy will probably benefit from a run of games. We talk about Forrester benefiting from a run of games. It's going to do Sammy no harm. And if we can get a win again on Tuesday, we're what, 11 points above the playoffs coming into Tuesday? 10, 11 points? I know it's gone back to double figures. Win on Tuesday, you're looking pretty safe, aren't you? You're asking one of them relegation sides to go into promotion winning form to catch us. So maybe Sammy deserves a run of games now and let him settle into men's football properly and look what he can do with a view to a contract for next season because as far as we're aware, he isn't under contract. So more than happy with that. Up front, ironic, isn't it? Massey's probably played his best game as a striker. And then Addison's looking fit, Proxer's looking fit. As you said, Steve, I'm happy with any of them three with Matty Taylor. If they're all 100% and looking go, I think we're going Addison. Yeah, you've got to. Yeah, give them two because the fact that Taylor and Addison are such good friends off the field, you, you follow them on social, they have Sunday dinners again, that's before Matty Taylor signed and all that. That's gone out on the pitch. So, more than happy with that. So, yeah, more of the same. And yes, let's get a settled side. I don't want to see five changes on Tuesday. If I see five changes on Tuesday, I won't be happy. So, let's go with more settled. Um, Andy, avtiming.com, time of first goal and prediction. I think, I think if we get an early goal, we could run away with it and win it maybe 3-0. So, I'm going to say uh, Taylor, seven minutes. 3-0, nice. Steve? I was also going to say Taylor, but I'll say someone different now. I think Garrity might get one breaking from midfield on about 34 minutes. I think if we score first, I think it will kill them. It will kill them. You know, when you're down at the bottom, you go behind. It's a long way back. You know, when, when your confidence is fragile. So yeah, I think it's. I think if we win on Saturday, if we win on Tuesday, we're pretty much done. Yeah. We know we're pretty much we're pretty much safe. So it's a, it's kind of a big game, but the. the Yesterday's win was really critical for us. It was in front of our own fans, which is good because that gets, you know, winning away is nice, but when you win in front of your home fans, the criticism gets a bit less because more people have seen it. And, like I say, it takes the pressure off. We win tomorrow. We can all look forward to Benny Dorman, mate. That sounds good to me. Uh, I was going to go Garrity, but since you have, I'll go Afonso Screaming. Bit like he did against Rochdale when me and you were there, Andy, in pre-season. I go Afonso Screamy and I'll go the 23rd minute and Vale to go on to win the game. 3-1, I think Cole Stockton will notch. Before we bid 200 grand for him. Yes. 
£200 is made. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I'm going for that. So I think that's it, lads. Um, good win for the Vale. The world feels a better place, as we keep saying. Last one of the Tuesday games, and then we can get back to playing Saturdays again. We can get back to doing Thursday pods where we can just chat shit. Not that we do much different when we talk about a game, but we chat different shit. So, yeah, all's good with the world. Everybody enjoy your week. Those going up more come safe travels. Um, Andy, Steve, we'll see you there. If you see him, go over, say hi to him. Johnny is back from Hamburg Monday night, and hopefully Steph's not listening because he's then going more come Tuesday night. <laughs> I don't know if she knows yet. Is he going a roaster in the um, Staffordshire Senior Cup on the Wednesday as well? <laughs> well, I don't know. I think that might be a bridge too far, to be fair, even though it is on his doorstep. Yeah. He could and take the... Steph. She hasn't seen him for a few days. He's gone more. What, what better way to welcome him, to welcome your husband back in the Staff Senior Cup? <laughs> well, it could, could be, could be, but I think we might be recording the pod as well on Wednesday for the really It'll be Wednesday or Thursday. We haven't talked about it yet, but we'll do one or the other. So... Have a good week, everyone. Um, safe travels for those going. Safe trip and, back to Johnny. <laughs> yeah, safe trip back from Hamburg to Johnny and the gang over there. And Hamburg have won today. So they've been watching Hamburg. So good weekend for them. They'll win Hamburg win. Quick shout out um, to Plenty, who got his first goal in men's football. As they won 3-0. Tommy played the full game as well, I believe. He definitely started, so I believe he played the full game. 3-0 win there. So big shout out to them. And enjoy your week, everyone. It feels better. Let's hope that Tuesday we can fulfil my prophecy of Wednesday last week when I said we'd win the next two we're halfway there let's go and beat Morecambe season's then safe and we can enjoy the run in without any pressure because if you remember last year it was amazing but horrible at the same time we can relax this season and then build for next year so enjoy your week everyone have an ale and up the veil So, it's full time from the pod, and we've just lost again, and now it's time for a treat. What are you looking for, Bez? Well, I'm looking to who's cost us today. Was it the ref? Was it the players? But whoever it was, cheer yourselves up. Get yourselves to McDonald's. Get yourself a Big Mac tonight, and enjoy it through the app. Johnny? Yeah. There we go. So order make delivery on on the app. It's at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for more details. And don't forget, have an ale and up the veil. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.